0: Michael Litton, the last DJ, and that's my good buddy Peter Perkins from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm not playing his song on the radio like he requested, but I am broadcasting a Ride the Vibe podcast from the super cool, wicked awesome DRSATL studio right here in Roswell, GA, and I'm totally stoked to have Weston T. Hine on the show And Weston's an artist who was born and bred in Northwest Florida, where the roots music collides with the glassy Emerald Coast. Man, how cool is that? And he draws on a well of musicians such as Welco and the aforementioned or the Tom Petty of The Last DJ fame. He has an ear for more current nuance, but a foundation set on music from the past. The music is, uh, his music has been described as a blend of uh, folk, indie rock, and uh, everything there is to love about Americana. And we are going to feature music of Weston T. Hine on the show. Weston, welcome. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Oh my gosh, we're totally fired up. I'm glad you could join us. And uh, I'd be remiss if I, we did not give a shout out to the one and only, the ubiquitous, the the, the amazing Lucy Pillar, proprietor and owner and f- uh, founder of All Right Now Entertainment. And if you guys, musicians out there don't know Lucy Piller, you need to get to know her. Cause I say of Lucy, you, know, you got that Kevin Bacon guy and that all that nonsense, seven degrees of separation. Lucy Pillar is like one to two degrees of separation away from knowing every uh, musician on the planet. And um, blessfully, was kind enough to introduce Weston to uh, to the last DJ. So we appreciate Lucy tremendously. And yeah, she's a uh, you met her in
1: Florida. Weston, is that? Yeah, I did. She, I had a gig, a gig here. I have been a lot the last couple of years since the pandemic started. Yeah. And um, I guess she just found me via social media somehow right. and was in the area and showed up and just introduced herself when I was kind of. Getting set up yeah. and um, yeah, we became friends and she's yeah, huge help and just been a huge support even in the couple months I've known her. So it's been very cool.
0: And in fact, you uh, have a gig April 23rd at the Roots Stock and Vine in Woodstock, Georgia. And that's a solo gig uh, that Lucy was good enough to set up. And then you are back uh, in the area on May 21st. At the Alpharetta Pop Festival, and in, uh, in that at that performance, you will have a three-piece, four-piece band with you. It'll actually be five-piece. Ah,
1: nice, nice. Wait, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm wrong. It is four-piece. I was thinking two <laughs> guitars. I'm so, I'm so in uh, stuck in the the rock set, but it'll be a keys player. So yeah, four of us.
0: Oh, nice. Very cool. Well, we will look forward to that. The Alpharetta is uh, very close to Roswell, GA. So, There's as is Woodstock. So, uh, hopefully, get a chance to meet you at one of those two. And for your fans that are Legion and are growing. The way we Roll Ride the Vibe, for those that may not be familiar with this podcast format, is we like to encourage listeners to sit back in a comfortable environment of their choosing, wherever that may be, getting uh, close to being uh, maybe even float weather on the water here pretty soon in in, uh, Georgia and down there in Florida sooner, and get a beverage of their choice. Uh, In the studio, we are featuring DrinkMate, which is a very innovative company out of Michigan. And their tagline is the Carbonate Anything Drinkmaker. And I'm, I'm just, uh, just bullish on this thing. I mean, I've become addicted to it. It, <laughs> uh, it will take any liquid that you have and carbonate it. So if you're looking for a way to get off that nasty sugar-sweetened beverage kick, that addiction, uh, you want to think about DrinkMate, and when you call up to order, just let them know you heard about it on Ride the Vibe. I know we would appreciate that. But we've got some DrinkMate uh, sparkling water here in the studio, and we are going to feature six of your songs, not in their entirety, because we would like for the audience to go out and buy the music Uh from a, a location where you can actually make some money, where, where would that be, Weston?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, currently I'm I'm new in the process for my solo music. Yeah, like I'm sure we'll talk about the band some. Yeah. but um, really, the best place I'm I'm really trying to push right now yeah. um, is is the man is, is Spotify. So if you can okay. just look up Weston T. Hine, yeah, um, on Spotify. Um, or Apple Music, wherever you stream, YouTube, wherever. That's probably the best way. Um, But then also, of course, uh, westinthehein.com is kind of a landing page so they can find everything, social media, videos, everything. Nice. And
0: can they buy the music off the website?
1: They can. uh, Actually, currently not on the website. So if you want to purchase the
0: song outright, uh, iTunes. Okay. Gotcha. You know, I'm just looking for a way to help you make some money because uh, you're newly married and you've got a newborn. So <laughs> we do, we do. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start ringing venture. that cash register. And I know that Spotify, <laughs> you know, that, that pays you like uh, 0.00332 2 cents per stream. So got a lot of streams to get some money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've pretty got bad. a new release. So we're going to Uh, We're going to start with your most current uh, project and then work backwards in your discology and get to uh, some of the songs that you did with your band, My Fever. But we're going to start off with your February 1st release, your latest great song called Thinking of You. Again, y'all, we're only playing a couple minutes because we want you to go, however you get the music, get it. Um, and, and put some coin in and Weston's pocket because he's got a baby. He's got a got a feed. <laughs> Waheed, if we could queue uh, up thinking of you, that would be fantastic. <laughs> thinking. the vibe, Michael Litton, the last DJ, a shout out to the late, great Tom Petty for penning that amazing tune that fits so well. And that was uh, the brand new release by Weston T. Hines, his solo project, Thinking of You. Love that song. Love it, love it, love it. Talk about that uh, project a little bit and then uh, solo versus the band, kind of that sort of thing too, if you would, Weston.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I was doing my fever is the name of the rock band. And we, we moved to Atlanta, uh, in 2014, Ah. my brother Garrett played drums. And, um, that was sort of the project taking up most of my time from 2014 kind of till the pandemic. And we, you know, like I said, I got, got married and ended up back in Florida, sort of in a roundabout way. Wasn't, was not planning on it. Um, (laughs) but, um, I've I've grown up and kind of played more rootsy Americana music yeah. and I've done restaurant, bar gigs, and stuff here off and on the whole time. And I just always had sort of a a love for that style of music mm. as well as the mm-hmm. indie rock. My favorite is kinda of indie sound, I guess. But um yeah, it just took the time of I think where the whole world was slowing down for a second and I right. said, Hey, I really think this might be a good time to pay some attention to that Mm. pile of songs that i've been ignoring (laughs) you know that are just phone demos and and so yeah the thinking of you and then the last the other few songs that we'll play are the first few that have been birthed out of that and thinking of you actually funny enough wasn't um from the the prior written pile it was a, a recent
0: interesting
1: and yeah i wrote it with a um actually a prior guitar student of mine that yeah. I used to teach who's just really picked up songwriting. It kind of, it's probably, probably 10 years, nine, 10 years younger than me, but mm. just reminded me of myself. So we got up and wrote and um, I was like, man, this is the best song <laughs> out of the last you know month or two that I've written. So wow, I'd love to record it. And that's what
0: we did. I love it. What's your pro- talk about your process you know, how do you go about it? how does the music come to you what what you know and then how do you capture it and
1: yeah yeah so it's it's it varies it's very different in the case of thinking of you mm-hmm. we we sat down to write and i mean it was just acoustic guitars and um i mean i don't know how deep you want to get into it I, we were just sort of as I deep was, as you want to go, brother. I, <laughs> I, I can. I'm the, I'm the last DJ. We can go any direction you want. <laughs> we get into the nuances of digital recording. No, I we we actually just yeah. As far as the writing was concerned, just sat down with acoustics and yeah yeah. I always try to check with you know if you're co-writing. I don't I haven't done a lot of that yet, but mm-hmm. typically you kind of check where the headspace is of the other person. And, yeah, um, this is sort of the song that came out, and then. As far as recording goes, um, I tracked it with a couple good buddies of mine mm-hmm. up in uh, Nashville, a studio called La Crypt mm-hmm. Studio and um, East Nashville. And my friend Ethan Standard, mm-hmm. uh, engineered, and then my good buddy Blake Talent, who did a bunch of work with My Fever in yeah. the past, um, kind of produced mm-hmm. um, and co-produced with me. And so, I love yeah, it. that was kind of how it came together.
0: So talk about collaborating on writing a song as, as, as different. What what were the challenges, if you will, or you know some of the subtleties that made it interesting?
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like it it always varies. Uh, I've heard different metaphors for songwriting, but mm-hmm. I know I always think of it as the the songwriting river, Yeah. and you're going down there with your fishing pole and hoping you pull out a beast and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a little chauffeur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I always feel like a good litmus test for the quality of a song is how quickly it comes. Ah, uh, Interesting. It's not always true. Cause yeah. you can, you know, you can just crank out some terrible song really quickly. That's not <laughs> hard to do, but, <laughs> but it, and I don't know, it's always indicative to me, like if something's moving really quickly, yeah. you're, especially in a co-write like mm-hmm. this one, if you're bouncing off each other and it's just going really well, which that was kind of the energy of this song. Yeah. Um. Did you have someone time. in mind?
0: Did either of you have a person in mind or was it more?
1: <laughs> yeah, He. he, this particular friend of mine had just, he had gone through a breakup. So ah. I think I was kind of like trying to, push it into like a maybe a romantic context. Right, but right. he was very, <laughs> I don't know if he was still bitter, yeah. but he was very <laughs> anti that. So it's sort of- Ah, the yin and yang then. So a balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it sort of brought it into a larger context mm-hmm. too to answer your question. Yes. Where we were just thinking of, uh, I don't know. For me, it was anybody that's been kind of a right. uh, an anchor in your life, mm-hmm. different points, mm-hmm. maybe somebody that's not there anymore. I had just, lost my grandfather not too long before yeah. that so he's been on my mind as i've been actually playing the song song and yeah um it's so yeah, ubiquitous it's really just,
0: though really i mean and, and i think for the listener then the listener can interpret it however it hits them right it could be a, a, a love one you've lost or it could be a current you know person in your life that you love i mean it, it goes yeah, in a lot yeah. of different directions
1: exactly yeah and that's i think that's where we were headed with it mm-hmm. we wanted it to
0: be well, you hit it out of the park. I mean, it's just killer. I'm so fascinated. I just uh, finished a, a tomb, a 700-page book. The authors, uh, whose names are escaping me right at this minute, but I am the last DJ, so that, <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> I, did, I did inhale in the 60s, <laughs> the 70s. Uh, at any rate, it is, it, it, they took every single Bob Dylan song, so it's titled Bob Dylan, All the Songs, and went through in just meticulous detail the inspiration that you know he, he came that came about for the song who was on the song the studio it was recorded in the players you know it's just oh my gosh it's fascinating or what just a fascinating read i i, I think i may have to buy it because it's so yeah. large it was hard to get through but just a very very killer Uh, piece of work. So I'd highly encourage any musician out there who wants to get in Bob Dylan's head. (laughs) Check it out. Check that book out. All the songs, 700 pages. It does have some pictures, but it's just fascinating. Really. um,
1: I'd love to uh, check it out. I'm a huge Dylan fan. He was like my, I call him my, my gateway drug to uh, Americana music. (laughs) Interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, you would, uh, I think you'll, you'll find it you know, it's, I got it out of the library. But uh, again, the, oh, thing, yeah. the, the thing is, it weighs probably about 10, 15, I don't know, 10 pounds because it's 700 pages and it's big. It's one of those car... Coffee table uh, books, but just just fascinating.
1: I'm picturing like a a a vintage Bible, like the Family Bible.
0: Very, very, yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. If you you know uh, pull it up online, you'll see how big the big the thing is. So there's a lot of writing in there. Well, with 500 songs, there's a lot of detail on them. Sure. Uh, So it's fascinating. But uh, at any rate, well, I want to I want to come back um, to a song that you did as a cover of a Van Morrison tune and feature that, if we could, Wahid Into the Mystic, a tune I love. And I think uh, Weston's version is very, very spot on killer. So if we could.
2: So younger than the sun Here the bonnie bow was won As we sailed into the mystic Hark now, hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky let your soul and spirit fly, oh, into the mystic. And when that fog on blows, I will be coming home. And when that foghorn blows, I want to hear don't have to hear it, and I'll rock your gypsy soul just like way back in the days of old, and magnificent.
0: man oh man Weston talk about the selection of that song and that that was a that had to been (laughs) amazing
1: thanks man thank you I this song came about actually in kind of an interesting way I had a um I was doing gigs down here and like I had mentioned before a lot of them are a lot there's a lot of cover music down mm-hmm. here that happens right and a lot of common ground yes. in genre and people just really like oldies when they come to the beach there's something about it right but i um <laughs> yeah I had played that song um it had been in the set list you know mm-hmm. and some of these gigs and uh a friend of mine and uh, myself were playing a gig and a girl heard our version super enjoyed it mm-hmm and uh fast forward a year the pandemic was happening her mm. and her then fiance were getting hitched and she said is there any way i can't have you at the wedding cuz it's just going to be us and the minister but yeah. it's a close family but they were like hey can you record a version mm. and so i ended up tracking sort of it's sort of just a run of them it was more of like a demo quality yeah yeah and then one thing led to another. I just, I, I was feeling it and enjoying how it sounded that I was like, I need to finish this out and actually have someone professionally mix it. Cause mm-hmm. I had just, you know, it was just home, homegrown kind of thing. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So ended up finishing it out, changing it a bunch. And I think the initial version was just kind of like some acoustic guitars, vocal and some keys and then added the drum samples mm-hmm. and, and everything. And, um, mm.
0: yeah, it turned out cool. And then you did it for, then, so you finished it in advance of their wedding ceremony? Is that? I did. I did. So th- she got the, she actually got her custom version. And then
1: oh. I did the real version later, which I did send to her. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she could listen, obviously. But yeah. Um, yeah. So she got kind of the acoustic. Look at that. Version. So what Fully a circuitous
0: acoustic. way. So you just, a, a, a life lesson there for aspiring, you just never know. Where the journey is going to take you in life.: Sure. and it yeah. is so much all about the, the journey. We'll talk a little bit about uh, your formative years growing up in Northwest Florida. You know, we have covered some of your influence with Dylan, and then obviously Van Morrison had to have uh, impact. But talk, talk about your, you know when you first recognized that this was a passion and what you wanted to follow and how that came about. I'm always fascinated by those stories. Sure yeah i let's see going
1: all the way back, yeah I uh grew up heavily going to church can, a lot yeah, of yeah like a lot of people in the south probably mm-hmm. um, and so my parents weren't I wouldn't consider them huge like music buffs, mm-hmm. but they um they did go to church on sunday so mm-hmm. yeah. i uh uh we started going to kind of like a it was like more of like the contemporary style church for mm-hmm. here in panama city and um yeah i had some i just had some buddies there that started picking up guitar mm-hmm. actually a good friend of family friend of ours my friend brad he had a um he had a knockoff at eddie van halen guitar uh-huh. and i remember that was like my first riff
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: going to his house and him teaching me like a, a james bond hook on that guitar and <laughs> <laughs> Probably sat up there way too long. Yeah. And uh I remember actually I do remember his uh sister coming in and going, Hey, can you can you play something else? <laughs> I said no, because <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> oh my God. Uh but yeah, I just fell in love fast and um was fortunate to have a there was a guy that was a leader there that I'm still buddies with mm-hmm. that lives in the Atlanta area now that just was like, Hey, here's you know, here's some other records. Mm-hmm. He was a big rock and roll guy mm-hmm. and grew up in the 80s mm-hmm. um, cutting his teeth. So he just, I don't know. I just had a lot of, there were a lot of older guys. I was kind of the youngest mm-hmm. in a group of guys mm-hmm. um, that were all small town. Yeah. Um, but like, hey, how can we share record and records and music mm-hmm. and on the internet, find like the latest, greatest. Mm-hmm. Cool, it was really cool stuff. Like, yeah. so I got turned on to a lot of music both old school and new school from those guys that were older than me, which is weird. I mean, they were all church guys, but they really had a love for uh, just good music. And so um, was lucky to be around them. And then um, of course, as soon as I felt, you know, as soon as I could put enough chords together, started trying to write Mm songs and then, Bands all through high school,
0: and so you started, started writing r- early on. I mean that, and that's a differentiator, I think, big time.
1: Yeah, you you could consider it writing. I guess that would be a generous.
0: <laughs> You're being modest, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. I yeah, I think as soon. I mean, as soon as I could play enough chords, I was doing it like 12 and 13, trying to do it. Mm -hmm. And then, but I was never the singer. I was initially just guitar guy. I was really into just lead guitar. Yeah, it was more like probably 14, 15 Mm -hmm. when music really took over for like skateboarding. And and I really was like, Mm Hey, I want to uh, get serious about this. And then got in the first band and really started learning how to like arrange a song. Yeah. uh, I mean, I even listened back to. I was listening back to it. Somebody sent me a link the other day. We had a rock band called Lily White mm-hmm. um, that um, we we did a bunch of music with. And I listened back the other day. And I was like, oh, this. There was some intent back then. Even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just did that. Um, well, I think it did. But you, he's
0: being very modest, and and which is a great characteristic. Uh, but you know, being a writer, that's a differentiator, you know, I mean, as you mentioned, cover bands, I mean, that's cover bands, are, and so there are a lot of musicians that are content or, or satisfied or, you know, don't want to venture past doing covers, right? And then, sure. you know, those that like yourself, that pick up the writing component, I think that's such a key differentiator, which is why, yeah. why the vibe really uh, sticks to original music. We, you know, with the exception of, of course, a brilliant song like "Into the Mystic" that you covered so <laughs> brilliantly,
3: well, I, want yeah, to, um, I want
0: to I want to finish up this first half hour, which is flying by, with "Give It Up," which was a I believe twenty twenty release. Is that is that right? Do I have that right? Uh, I think that one was twenty nineteen. 2019. Oh, 2019. Okay, and I think. one of you. So one your your first uh, in essence solo work. Is that right?
1: Yes, that was. Yes, and actually, you are right. It's 2020. Oh. I got confused,
0: but uh. <laughs> well, even a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was in one. That was one I wrote a long, long time ago. That was from that batch oh, the of pile. Songs. Yeah, yeah, the pile. The Interesting. Pile. So I figured I'd start with that one on this. Yeah, on this solo. Train,
0: How did it percolate to the top of the pile, as it were?
1: I sent that to my buddy Blake, who also worked on "Thinking of You," yeah. and I sent him a batch of songs. Mm-hmm and he was in school at the time and said, "Hey, I got a I need a, a project to record. I'll come I'll track you for free if you'll come up." And so, oh wow. That was his favorite from the I think I I think I narrowed it down to like 10 or 20.
0: Yeah. You didn't want to overwhelm list. him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he probably listened to half.
0: <laughs> Here's 50 of them. Take a listen. Take a listen. Yeah, exactly. Where was he going to school? What, or or
1: uh, he was doing Berkeley uh, online. Yeah. Uh, he was in Nashville um, at the time, but yeah, he was doing online courses. I'll be darn.
0: Huh. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Wahid, if we could, and I just have to, I, I got to just take a pause here because I'm the last DJ. I can do that kind of stuff on this podcast. Just to uh, give a shout out to my friend Waheed uh, Gomes, the owner and proprietor of uh, DRS ATL. First of all, it wouldn't be a ride ride without Waheed's generosity because he does this uh, out of the love that he has for music. So any musicians out there uh, that are looking for uh, someone to hook up with, uh, you definitely want to give Waheed DRS um, Music a shout. And he's also got a publishing business, Verde Music. So if you want to get your songs... Placed on these, uh, you know, all these TV shows and ads. I don't really know much about it, but Waheed does. So you want to reach out to him? So Waheed, if you could, if we could tee up, give it up, that would be awesome. and ride the vibe from the DRS ATL studio in Roswell, Georgia. And for those of you in this vicinity that are listening to this podcast and want to check out this incredible musician's talent live and in person, you can check them out, Weston T. Hine at uh, the Roots Stock and Vine. That's April 23rd. That's a solo gig. And then on May twenty first at the Alpharetta Pop Festival, and he's going to have a four piece band including keys. So you definitely want to do yourself a favor and get out because live music is better, as that Canadian Neil Young said. So Weston, talk about "Give It Up." Uh, the you know the genesis of that, the process of getting that one written, etc. Sure.
1: Yeah i I wrote that song. I think I was, I was around nineteen wow. or
0: twenty.
1: Yeah. And it was it was sort of a it was one of those like I mentioned earlier that just came out really fast. Mm. And so I think I liked it for that reason. But <laughs> yep. it was um,
0: based on your metric, if it comes many times, if it
1: comes out fast, <laughs> it's good. The faster the better. Yeah. Um no, so yeah, and it just it sat there in that pile of demos. I, if I finish a song I always you know, at least do it justice to write everything down mm-hmm. and, and do a a phone recording or uh, just an acoustic demo of it. And so I had it in a list of songs, and then, um, yeah, just came back to it. I think it was. I mean, it had to have been eight or nine years after the fact because oh, wow. I was like late twenties when yeah. we finally tracked it. It was like twenty eighteen
0: because mm. I had. So it had it, to age um, like a fine wine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like a fine wine, exactly. Yeah, and then, and yeah, like I said, Blake's. It was sort of Blake's pick, mm-hmm. the guy who produced. Yeah. Out of that group of songs, and well, good pick, and, Blake. Darn it all. <laughs> yeah, it's just a feel good song, so it was a
0: good. Yeah, absolutely. First song. And that's the first yeah. one you recorded as a solo artist. And what does does the music come to you? the The words, or does it vary? Melody. I mean, how, what what's the kind of flow for you or is it different each time
1: it definitely varies Mm -hmm. i think that's the neat thing about writing is there's there's many ways to enter getting into a song in this case though it was it was together i think i and a lot of times for me just coming from a guitar background Mm -hmm. it starts with guitar yeah and just noodling sitting on the couch and just being in that space Mm -hmm. maybe even not sometimes maybe you just sit down and you didn't want to write but something sort of is Mm -hmm. there um and uh a lot of times it'll be like a little hook or a couple chords Mm -hmm. or even one chord that just sparks your inspiration and um i think i had the kind of the chorus i heard sort of that rolling chord progression on this song it's just kind of back and forth pretty repetitive and that's sort of where this one started. A, a lot of times it's like that. Just though, just pick up the, mm-hmm. the guitar and find a little something while you're noodling and then yeah, one thing leads to the next. You have a line and then verse and then just keep going. It's the hardest thing to finish them. That's the it's fun to start on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why you like them when they go fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I've got a graveyard of songs. So do you, a, <laughs> do you have a you have a a special place where you You do your writing or, or like, you know, uh, Julian Cameron, you know, talks about in, in uh, the artist's way, you know, morning pages where, you know, she suggests that artists of all genres, you know, spend 15 minutes in the morning, just write free flow um, capture. Do you you, you have a routine like that or is it unstructured, more unstructured?
1: I think it's, I, I think it varies wildly. I sometimes if, it's just a feeling for mm-hmm. me. I, if if I feel like it's almost like a, this is a bad metaphor, but like a cup mm-hmm. and if the cup overfloweth, mm-hmm. like if I, if I feel like the cup is cause you can write, I, I don't know. I've never been someone who feels it's a good practice, I guess, to write every day. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed too, that if I don't do that, um, there will be an, an actual overpouring. And I, I find that those songs and ideas tend to be better when ah, you're just so full of, you know, you have to live enough life or whatever. Yeah, But it is good. I, I will say, I, like the pile of songs we keep referencing, yeah. I, that period started for me when I someone challenged me to write a song a day.
0: Oh, interesting. And I didn't do
1: that. I, I did more like three a week or wow. something like that. Okay. But I did it for... I did it for a few months and, um, and I what like was the reason really for
0: their challenge to spur you on or was it just to kind of challenge you to see if you could do it or
1: I would, yeah, I was just sort of, I was at a weird point in life that, that band that I told you about in high school that yeah. kind of took up all the high school years and we, we really took it seriously, but um, didn't, we did a little bit of traveling mm-hmm. and playing, but um I was in that group and I was in another group that I just played guitar for that was also pretty serious and gigging and sort of simultaneously, both of those things ended at one time, like a couple month period. Uh, and, um, I was sort of lost in it. Yeah, in my, you say buddy a bit me.
0: Traumatic, I would think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was for that time for sure. Mm-hmm. I was, I was very young, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a time where I was just like trying to figure out, am I going to go to college? Am I going to, mm-hmm. you know,
0: so, what you were at a crossroads.
1: Do. I was at a crossroads, yeah. yeah. And um, my friend Lee was like, you should just, you need to just write your way through it, which was. Which I was like great advice.
0: Su- so, rather than selling your soul to the devil, as uh, Robert Johnson did, you wrote a song <laughs> a day. I like that, that's a healthier, I think, approach. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'd be further along. If I sold the soul. <laughs> if you but... sold your soul, um, maybe that uh, can't be done though. It can only be. It could only be done that one time with Robert. Johnson. yeah, <laughs> yeah he was the one. <laughs> well, I want to take just a short break to su- uh, support a sponsor that's near and dear to my heart: Foundation for Premature Infants. That's a five hundred one c three. I was blessed to start uh, focused on looking out for the most fragile, vulnerable little people, premature infants who literally have no voice in this world and have a rough, rough go of it. So want to take a short break. And then thanks to the generosity of the foundation, that would be me also. So I play, t- <laughs> I can wear two different hats. Uh, we're going to come back and roll the show commercial free. For the second half hour. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk about uh, Tom Petty and Wilco's influence on you. Uh, Because, of course, Tom Petty near and dear to the last DJ's heart. So we'll be right back, y'all. Stick with us. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision? is to ensure that premature infants bill of rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world please consider making a donation by visiting us on facebook foundation for premature infants or at our website foundationforprematureinfants.org You are back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, taking that moniker from the brilliant Tom Petty uh, pen song. And I will will, um, open up our conversation about uh, Petty by saying, I'm right in the middle of reading the Warren Zanes, uh, the biography of Tom Petty, and finding it just fascinating, uh, Weston, because of all the, you know, Done all his DVDs and his music, and uh, will soon get the the six uh, DVD box or, or CD box set. Um, but really, having started reading the biography, didn't realize how many brilliant musicians came out of that Gainesville area. You know, Bernie Leadon and uh, Don Felder and Stephen Stills crossed through there. And then you got the brothers, Allman Brothers down there. So it was such a hotbed. And it was, and this is not a, a surprise, but really seminal moments for most of them as I'm reading this biography was either A, seeing Elvis Presley on Ed Sullivan and or seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And that was it for him. I just, I, I'm just fascinated. So talk a little bit about how uh, he came to influence your early, early music life.
1: Do you do Instagram, Michael?
0: I, I don't. You don't. <laughs> I'm I'm not well, very good on social media at, at all.
1: <laughs> I, I was, no worries. I was just going to say, uh, Mike Campbell has done an excellent job. If you're, since you seem like such a petty buff, yeah. oh, he, yeah. um I- he, I, I just recently followed him on Instagram, and he's just—he's doing a lot with video. Uh, so you might try and check it out. I think you could probably see it without having an account, yeah. Now, but because he's a public account, but anyways, he's—he's he's doing a lot with like the stories behind the songs, yeah. and then he's covering some deeper cuts himself because yeah. he sings a little bit. It's really cool to see. But I'll be darn. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. You should check it out. But to answer your question, I guess I. It, it was definitely in the water being from here. Right. And I, I fell in love with his music. I think my older brother Garrett mm-hmm. probably listened to him before and sort of vicariously through that, yeah. I guess, heard it. And he, I, I didn't find out till way later. He was from Florida, which is really cool for me. Cause uh, I, interesting. up until that point, I was like, I knew like Creed and Marilyn Manson was from here, which isn't really my, my cup. So right, <laughs> I, right. Was like, I was like, uh, I love that that he was from not too far away, but yeah. he just yeah. I think most songwriters would agree. He's just that perfect uh, cocktail of blend of like a little splash of pop mm-hmm. songwriter, rock, rootsiness, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I don't know, man. I think it's a little unsung. Like I feel like the Panhandle is where I'm from. Is is a lot of that. It's a lot of yeah. It's very southern, mm-hmm. very very southern, mm-hmm. but there's also some rich music here as far as the style that people like. And yeah. um, the coast brings a little bit of like Florida's like trying to be California or something. So there's this like <laughs> pop sensibility,
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, that I, I, that's what I, to me, I, I love about Tom Petty is that he, he just, I feel like he's that perfect blend. and And because of that, so many people, Love his music.
0: Yeah, I love it. it. Just And, you know, if you don't know that the the real, and like I just knew uh, uh, quite a bit, but not as much as I'm learning from this uh, biography, but to think about, you know, sort of a, you know, Gainesville when the University of Florida is really in its nascent stages of growing. So it's a perfect kind of, uh, you know, convergence, if you will, of that and then rock and roll and then, a generation casting off the fifties, you know the whole Ozzy and Harriet, you know, and I'm sure having followed Mike Campbell's stuff on Instagram, you know Tom Petty and his brother did not have a very um oh, <laughs> loving <laughs> environment <laughs> growing up uh, on his father's side, particularly, so just a you know really kind of an interesting um journey that people follow and take uh, that puts them where they are and the paths that they cross. But again, I am just blown away by, you know, all of those folks coming through Gainesville at the time. No
1: doubt. No the, doubt.
0: And the relationship. And, you know, thinking about it, if people don't know Petty's earlier work with Mud Crutch, I mean, you definitely need to do yourself a favor and go check that stuff out. Because
1: I haven't listened much. I need to I need to do that and I'm getting all the tips today. I need to I haven't checked out this particular biography either.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. And, you know, and to think, so here's, uh, the guitarist, Tom Leden, Leden, I, or I guess you said, L-E-A-D-O-N, Tom, you know, in Mud Crutch with Tom Petty, and then his brother, Bernie, goes off to be in the Eagles, and then Felder's in a band in Gainesville, and then goes off of the Eagles, and Felder, as I understand, in one of the bands replaces Stephen Stills, you know, the whole, I mean, it's just crazy to me, and I, you know, and then do, you do a little research and Bernie is living, Bernie Lennon is living with Patti Davis. So that's Ronald Reagan's daughter and Reagan's running for president and, you know, doesn't want to know that his daughter's <laughs> living with this rock musician. And they read, I, uh, they, they write, co-write, I Wish for Peace, with, which yeah. the Eagles put reluctantly on one of their albums. And then Bernie wrote, um, you know, My Man, which was about Graham Parsons, you know, another cat that came out of that Florida area and then went up to Waycross, Georgia. And if folks don't know who Graham Parsons is, you need to definitely check his music out with Flying Dorito Brothers, et cetera. But enough about that history lesson. Let's get back to Weston T. Hines's music. And I want to play a childhood keepsake circa 1991. And this is with your band, My Fever, this was, I understand it, off your 2017 EP release, Born for Spaces. So if we could, he let's cue that up.
2: Chowder keep saying, never really let it go. They say a clean slate, but everybody knows. But these days, my age it shows. And these days, memories they go. Soul in daddy it it glow but if rapture came where would it go? What's that?
0: Childhood keepsake, circa 1991, off their Born Spaces, and you can check out Weston uh, April 23rd. That'll be solo at the Roots Stock and Vine in Woodstock, and then he's going to have a four-piece band with him on May 21st at the Alpharetta Pop Festival. So you want to be sure if you're in this area to check him out, Weston. Talk about that song and your bandmates uh, with My Fever, if you would.
1: Sure. Uh- so childhood keepsake was probably one of the more laid back songs, but one of my favorites from my fever, we played a lot of, we had a blend and it was a lot of rock music. We were, we were big fans of Kings of Leon when we first oh, started. Yes. So we had a lot of, yes, a lot of, yeah, like, like inspiration from them. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that was, that was another one that I think all of these probably, just because that's my, my deal, are the, the ones that came out quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, this one was, was in a group of songs we had that we were going to bring into the studio with a good friend and a producer named Jeremy Griffith. He's mm-hmm. done a lot of great artists, Johnny Swim, and um, a band called Old Sea Brigade another good buddy of mine but mm-hmm. uh, yeah we we had that and I think we had it was six songs on that project and we I think five of them four of them were full band range ready to go mm-hmm. and then we just added stuff in the studio this particular song ironically was like probably the one song that got a little bit popular for us I and love it, it yeah it was uh, not we didn't have any plan for it in the studio. We just had, just had written it on acoustic, had the lyrics, had the form, and that was it. And we, we just did a couple takes of it. We literally, everybody hopped on instruments and then a couple overdubs. And um, that's the song. I mean, you know, beyond mix. But it was a very straightforward mix, too. He just sort of got the levels and cleaned everything up. But,
0: and your bandmates, um, give a shout out to your bandmates in My Fever.
1: Yeah, so my fever is just three of us. It's it's myself, my brother Garrett Hine. Yeah, he plays drums primarily, and then um, primarily bass would be Daniel Ard. Yeah, he's a um, Atlanta native,
0: um, and still lives there. So okay, wow. And how did you guys? Well, obviously with your brother, I got that piece. But then uh, how about Daniel? How what's the how did you guys connect?
1: We had we had mutual friends. And he wasn't there at the start of the band, but when we moved, our bass player didn't make the move okay. with us from Florida. Yeah. And so we were just really searching for about a year. And uh yeah, our our friend Lee, who's actually playing guitar at the April show with me. He was oh, up good. there. He's he was the uh he was the connector. And okay. he, he knew Dan and yeah. sent him our way and it was an easy fit. I mean, Dan's He's kind of the resident audiophile of the band. Ah. He's he's an amazing Mix engineer yeah. in his own right and um, helped record a lot of our projects. And just, he's kind of the heady, nerdy guy. That they I had, love it. But, but in the best of ways.
0: <laughs> well, I want to play the uh, title track off that EP release, Born for Spaces. And then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your writing process within the context of My Fever versus Solo, if there is a difference, etc. So Waheed, if we could queue up Born for spaces. Are you still doing all the writing with My Fever or is it collaboration? Talk a little bit about that.
1: It started that way that I was the primary writer and our setup would be for me to bring more complete songs. Mm -hmm. But we, the project we're sitting on now that will come out next, it it was very much so a collaboration. Uh. I would say lyrics was probably still Pretty heavily me, but mm-hmm. we, we did have some co-writing and then definitely as far as organizing the songs, it was a group mm-hmm. effort for sure.
0: Mm. And are you the primary or soul singer or do, do each of the other fellows contribute Yes, just,
1: just me and then they, they'll they do, yeah, some background vocals.
0: Background, yeah. Wow, love it. Well, we're going to wrap, I mean, time has just flown by. We're going to wrap up <laughs> by playing 22, which is a track off, I believe, My Fever's Twin B. EP, did I get that correct? That's correct, yeah. And all of that they can find by going to westonthein.com. Is that
1: right? westonthein.com, yep.
0: I love it. Or finding all of this on the usual sites. You want to give Weston and the fellas some money, go to iTunes, buy it there. Uh, Spotify, you got to listen a lot of times to get them any cash, but definitely come out to their shows. And I imagine you have some merch that you sell at the April 23rd Rootstock Vine and Woodstock show. We should, yes. Yes, I'm still working on getting some more stuff. I have like stickers
1: and that's it. I need to get some stuff for me, but you can also check out myfeverband.com and we have a ton of merch, including vinyls, t-shirts, everything. Ah, So,
0: And uh, can old school people like me buy CDs? You can buy CDs. Yeah, we have CDs,
1: and uh, and you can do the digital download. I so I do have that set up uh, the via the band site.
0: <laughs> so you all come on. You haven't been out in a long time because of this, you know, lockdown stuff. So uh, open up the pocketbook a little bit. Get on my fever's uh, website or Weston T Hines website, and actually go uh, buy one of these. And I believe you've got a package where they can uh, buy all the my fever songs for a very reasonable price in one CD is that do I have that right Weston yeah there's some bundles on there I believe yeah yeah so come on man (laughs) (laughs) well let's hear 22 if we could just having a great time talking to Weston T. Hine out of Northwest Florida, playing songs off his solo projects, thinking of you into the mystic, give it up, and then ended up with childhood keepsake born for spaces. And this uh, last track 22 uh, with his band, my fever. So just in uh, you know, kind of wrap it up Weston with, uh, Final thoughts, uh, comments, and again, uh, April 23rd, Roots, Stock and Mine, and Woodstock, GA solo, May 21st, Alpharetta Pop Festival with a four-piece band. And then the floor is it's been yours. A sir. <laughs> it's been
1: a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I'm sure there'll be many more releases to come, so I'd love to come hang out again and enjoy it.
0: Well, we would love it, man. It's just been fantastic. You have an uh, incredible talent, great writer, and beautiful voice and uh, we have thoroughly enjoyed the music. Y'all, we are out of here on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say thanks to our mutual inspiration, Tom Perry. God bless y'all. Bye-bye.
3: gotten round to yet well maybe you'll feel a little empathy play this on his fm show better late than never is my thanks to whoever plays my song on the radio better late than never is my thanks to whoever plays my song on the